0: I felt like, so I I was here earlier and I just felt like the Lord uh, brought to mind, Actually, I have the scripture, that he just wants to uh, let this evening be a time of refreshing and renewal. And so that scripture from Titus chapter 3 came to mind, and we'll read it together before we worship, but I really just feel like it's a setup, it's God's setup for all of us to experience, even the kids, to experience his presence tonight in a way where you're going to feel refreshed. And renewed, I believe he wants to impart his spirit to us in a way where we are going to go into a, a, a newer level of renewal. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, well, I mean, you know, first in the natural and then in the spirit. Yeah, so that's how it works. I'm sorry. I just I wish I could, you know, send all of you there. But so it's a, it's a lot of it's a lot of work to get there. Believe me. So let's do this. One week from this Wednesday. So not this Wednesday, but a week from Wednesday, which will be September 8th. We're going to begin our basic training in the prophetic. So anyone who wants to be a part of that, make sure you let Tammy know. Don't tell me because I'll probably forget. She'll make sure you're on the list. We do have plenty of books. Um, this This is the manual. No, this is called the study guide. I took it off of there because it was confusing everyone with the price. It confuses us. The book, the book that Chris Vallotton wrote is considered the manual. So this would be the study guide, which is your daily um, work for you to do. If you're going through the course, you have some little assignments every day just to exercise your own ability to hear the voice of God for yourself and how to hear him and deliver words that he gives you to other people. Anyway, we've done this course a couple times now, and we really, again, you know, I think I've si- we've said this before, kind of the thinking that we have in what we would like to do for our church as a, as a core, and as we move on into the future is to, is that me or you guys? Is that, okay, I won't worry about it. Um, you know, we did a course one, once already a quarterly course. The first one was on hosting the presence of God. And that is all about the Holy Spirit, how he lives in you, how he comes upon you and power, and how he wants to move through you and the whole purpose of why God designed us to be a host for the presence of God, the divine picture over it all. And basically that is to undo the works of the enemy that God's assignment for his sons and daughters on earth would be to equip you and me with the power of the Holy Spirit and the authority of Jesus and to go into the earth and undo the works of the de- of the devil, of the enemy. So that was kind of like the number one thing we wanted to establish so that we're all kind of on the same page of who we are in Christ, who lives in us, and how he wants to, to move upon us as we go about our daily life. And then the next level, I guess, would be equipping us to hear the voice of God. Some of us hear God's voice very clear I don't know I'll just say it for for you on my own out of my own experience and, and knowledge some of us hear the voice of God very clearly some of us we're not sure. I think for myself I, I, I think I know when I'm hearing God's voice um, and I don't always know for sure. so there's there's a practice there's training that can happen for each one of us to get more accurate and more sharp in your distinguishing his voice between your own thoughts, the voice of the enemy, which should be pretty easy to figure out when the devil's talking, when God's talking. But you know, you never know because the devil's kind of sneaky that way. And then our own, our own thoughts. So it's a really helpful course, not only to hear God's voice for yourself, but also how to move in the prophetic and God's purpose in the prophetic. How to encourage and exhort and build up fellow believers, and to take the gift of the prophetic out into the public and just see how God will use you as one who hears his voice to speak to someone who does not yet know him, yeah. perhaps. I've mm-hmm. got a lot of testimonies of how God has given given myself prophetic words that I've given to people, and it opened up things for them.
1: Yeah. And don't think of this as, oh, i got to buy another book. Think of it as, oh, now I have another resource on my shelf. Yeah. because you're going to forget things and you can go back in here and be like what did they say about that and you can use it over and over because none of us will ever fully arrive to I mean we're always going to grow on measures yeah. and so it's just a good resource to have on your, your bookshelf so
0: yeah kind of think of it as investing in your school materials that you can reference back to yeah. anytime you want
1: and we will help if you need
0: as Tao knows, she took that manual and just, you chewed that thing apart, didn't you? You really devoured that book and, and the man, all of the Chris Dalton stuff and started an online group at one point. So anyway, that's just our thinking was, is to kind of build in some layers, just general basic Christianity, really. Yeah. It's not necessarily experienced in the body of Christ as normal christianity but that is our heart would be to take the things that a lot of uh, christians a lot of denominations and churches maybe don't really walk in or flow in and for us that is just the normal this is basic knowing who you are knowing who lives in you and what your purpose is on on earth in life and then how to hear his voice it's moving away from a religious experience just being religious, going to church attending, sitting in a chair doing your duty where that's all Christianity can be for some people is just attending, boring yeah, (laughs) going from that to actually having a relationship with God all of these materials the courses all point to one thing you having an intimate relationship with God you getting to know him more and it's really, you know, the, the training comes and goes, and it's up to us to practice it. It's up to us to press in. Um, I don't know how many were here last week, but Barbara had a, a wonderful, was that last week that you shared that? It was last week. Yeah. Um, that was just so powerful. I don't know if you'd want to share it real quick again. Would you want to share it? Can I just put this in front of you? I'm not giving you a choice, am I? Well, just basically what happened. You were worshiping. You were seeking God. Take your time.
2: So I was having kind of a tough week, and so there was a morning. I had been working with some of the Sozo material and the Father Ladder and the doors, at least the first two. Anyway, um, Anyway, because I was having so much difficulty, I probably spent about like three hours in worship because that's the, the one way the one thing that really pulls me back in is that communication in worship so um, that and then I read some scripture after that which I could point out I guess I think I texted you which ones anyway um, and after that then I just literally heard a voice from the father and from father and he said that he would if I can get the wording exact he would heal me if, physically, if I would begin to love myself even a little bit as much as he loved me. And I just, it just wrecked me. I just like, just tears for like an hour. <clears throat> At some point then I just felt, I felt arms around me and I just put, felt like my forehead was, my forehead was on his chest and just stayed that way for nearly an hour. And then he talked to me in some other things, too, about specifically uh, what I could do, like, about my health in a a road to healing. He had said that uh, it's it's going to be um, a journey that, on my part, it would take um, obedience and discipline. And he said he knew that I could do that. (laughs) So um, he would guide me along the way. And it was just, it just... I don't even have words. I can't. Even, I don't have words. It just.
0: How did it start? Did you ask a question first,
2: or did he he begin to speak to you? Um. I I just said it. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Um. So I was looking up uh, after after worship, and I was looking up specific things about. Um, healing and guilt and other things and in the bible and I came across and friendship and just I mean a lot of things but they kind of focused more like on healing and so then that question kind of came up in my mind I didn't actually say anything out loud but then I just boom heard the voice um what how am I getting in the way of my own healing why am I not receiving this you know because I was feeling like a chump <laughs> because I, you know, had a lot of hands on stuff and all, so.
0: When, when Barbara, when you told Tammy and I that at first, like I about lost it because it was basically the conversation, um, that he invited you into was, I want to heal you, but this is what I need you to do. And you're like, what is it? And when he said he, he wants you to begin to love yourself, more the way he does, right that just messed me up, hearing that because he's so good, God is so good, he loves us so much, he loves his his boys and and girls, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So when she mentioned the father ladder, sozo stuff, some of you might not know what that is. These are just some inner healing tools that <clears throat> that we've grabbed a hold of. Um, personally, we've actually walked our church, smaller groups through some of these inner healing tools it comes from Bethel Church but they're not their tools alone they've borrowed inner healing tools from other ministries over the years and they packaged them together in this kit that they call sozo when sozo is just the Greek word for salvation and that word when we read it in the Bible um, that salvation comes in no other name than Jesus you know, salvation. Or all who call on the Lord will be saved. It's that word sozo in the Greek. And saved means more than just forgiven of sin and going to heaven. It actually means a full body, soul, spirit healing. So the, the heart of our God is that we would be sozoed. That the salvation that Jesus paid for on the cross wouldn't just get you and me into heaven... That's why the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you when you get saved. He's in you for your sake. But there's so much more. He wants to heal our hearts, heal our minds. He wants to heal our bodies. And Jesus paid for all of that on the cross. You know, by his stripes, we are healed. So Sozo, the tools of Bethel Church and, and Sozo ministry, are just some, some of us, we don't necessarily need to go into some deep healing. Um, and everyone's in a different place with God, and I think, you know, personally, I I think we all could benefit from a sozo inner healing session. I've had one personally, so has Tammy. Um, That's for another day to talk about. Some people just radically, they get saved radically, and God does such a deep work that they get so much freedom, and then there's some of us that, well, there's still stuff that we need to work on because we have we all have trauma we all have pain in our lives that we've experienced we might be 50 point to me you know 60 70 whatever age you are you might be 15 16 20 whatever you might have a scar in your heart whether it happened through your own parents or siblings or leaders in your life we go through pain and not all of that pain was necessarily intentional on the other person's part. It's just how we perceived it, how we experienced it. And yeah, you come to know Jesus and you, you can just let the past go and behold, all things are new. I'm a new cre- creature in Christ. All things are, are new. Um, I don't even think about the past anymore. Or for some of us, the past was such a scar that we still kind of carry it. We still carry the effect of the past. And God wants to heal us. And he's provided gifts and tools. Other believers, you know, there's a purpose for this thing called the body of Christ, the the gathering of believers, the assembling of human beings together to where when we come together, we are the body of Christ. And together we supply to each other. One part gives life to another, the other part gives life to another. Our whole purpose is to strengthen and encourage and build up. That's what we do with the prophetic. That's what we do with our fellowship. Paul said, I think it's Paul. It's in Hebrews. We don't know if it's Paul, but we'll talk about that a little bit tonight. Um, The writer of Hebrews says, you know, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together, but do so more and more as the day approaches, as the day of Jesus coming back or us going to see him, whatever happens first. So there's a purpose for us being together and fellowshipping together, to encourage one another, all the more. I need encouragement. I don't know about you guys. Do you need encouragement? Yeah. Amen. There we are. So here we go. So the class is there. I know that was a bit of a rabbit trail, but you know it was a God rabbit trail. So uh, Thursday night we just want to. We're back on schedule for prayer. So if our prayer warriors want to come. Thursday evening, 7 p.m., we usually go about an hour, sometimes a little longer, but we, you know, we're not like if someone needs to go, if they want to pray for an hour, whatever. If you want to pray for 30 minutes and then go, you're welcome to join us. Um, We never have a specific target, but we do go after the things that God puts on our hearts. It's a real peaceful, refreshing time here, too. All right, and then we're going to start the meeting, right? Yes. Okay. I was going to hand it to her, but she's not sure if that means pray. Let's read a scripture. So this is what I felt like the, the heartbeat of God was for us tonight. Titus chapter three. I better turn sideways so oh that didn't even help. Oh, we're gonna sit so you can read. Because we've heard that we stand right in front of the screens, depending on which direction you're looking. They can see past that little stick there. You sure? I'm sure. Okay. Okay. She said you're all right, so okay, so Titus chapter three. And I kind of broke it up just for, uh, on purpose because I want to focus on a couple things. So it, the writer, <clears throat> I think that's Paul, wrote to Titus. At one time, we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. But, dot, dot, dot. This is where I kind of broke it up. I want to focus on this part. When the kindness and love of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. Guys, girls, if, if we don't get that, you're going to set yourself up for performance. And performance Christianity sucks it is no fun you're never going to get there you're never going to be good enough the devil will, will latch on to performance christianity and he will whisper in your ear the accuser of the brethren is what they call him in the bible the accuser will accuse you day and night and he will just continuously tell you how weak you are how pitiful how imperfect you are and that's what happens when we focus on our own ability but we need to focus on his ability because his ability is that he saved us. He saved us. You are saved when you come to Jesus. You receive him as Lord. You are saved. And he saved you. Not because of righteous things you had done. But because of his mercy. So that right there guys and girls. Is a picture of the heartbeat of our God. Of our Father. Of our Lord Jesus Christ. Of the Holy Spirit. It's because he's merciful. He is slow to anger Quit and abounding in loving and kindness He he does not treat us as our sins deserve He's patient. He's a patient father Just like a mom and dad with a little baby You don't yell at the child when you when they're six months old and you prop them up on their little feet and then they fall Down on their face. You don't say you idiot. You're never gonna walk No You're patient, you're kind, you pick them up and you're like, you're going to walk one day, you're going to run. That's God, that's the heart of God. He's He's a dad before anything else to you and me. He is our dad, our father. He saved us through the washing of rebirth. I just highlighted that word tonight. There's something about this birthing of the Spirit of God in you, the day you get saved, the day you come to Jesus and say, I need you in my life, there's a birthing that takes place. The Holy Spirit births his his very self into your inner being, uniting his spirit with your spirit, causing you to be reborn, to be born again, born anew. It's a washing. He actually comes in and just washes over you, washes your entire being. From everything of the past, all sin, all shame, all bondage, all of that stuff just gets washed off, and you become a new person, and that doesn't change. You receive a new identity in Christ when you receive him. It's the washing of rebirth, and it's also renewal by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit who is in us wants to renew you and me day by day. He doesn't want to. What's the opposite of renewal? I don't know. Death. Yeah. Set back. Yeah, he doesn't want to uh evaluate your religious performance and say, "No, you're not doing too good because of your performance, so I'm going to set you back because you're not good enough." That is not how God's heart is. He actually takes us as sons and daughters and he begins to renew us on the inside and in our mind, our thinking. It's this process of the Holy Spirit of renewal. And when we do make mistakes and we do fall down, he picks us up and he puts us back on the path of renewal because it's his heart for you and I that we are renewed more and more into the image and likeness of Jesus. That is the will of God and the heartbeat of God. And the goal of the Holy Spirit in you, he is bent on transformation of who you are now more and more into the likeness of Christ. That's why we're called Christians. It sounds weird, but it means little Christs, like little Jesus's. Now, you're not God. You are not deity. But God himself lives inside of you, which means you, you are becoming like him. You have his nature, his DNA. You and I have received divine nature when we, when we became born again. His DNA is in your body. It's in every cell of who you are. That's why when we go the wrong direction, our whole body reacts negatively. But when we're walking with, <clears throat> excuse me, when we're walking in the Spirit, following in step with the Holy Spirit, we experience transformation that goes from glory to glory to glory. It just gets better and better. Yeah, there's going to be setbacks here and there, but hopefully we will just get back up and we will keep pressing forward into all that He's calling us into. I get this feeling this is gonna be the message tonight, but we'll see if we ever get to Hebrews chapter one. I post this every Sunday, I'm like, join us on our journey through Hebrews chapter one, If, if the Holy Spirit allows. Okay, so, he saved us through washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously. Man, we need to know the heart of God is generous. He does not stingily give you a little drop of the Holy Ghost and see how you do with that. And if you don't do it just right, I'm not going to give you any more. He gives the Spirit generously because He knows you need the Holy Spirit's power in your life and in my life. He, whom He poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior. You can't go around Jesus. You don't go to the Father. You don't receive the Holy Spirit through any other means but through Jesus. Jesus Christ, our, our king, our joy, our God, our great high priest, he is the way and the truth and the life. We cannot get to the Father but through him. But when we come through Jesus, when we come to know Jesus, we can go straight to the arms of the of the Father, just like Barbara did. I'll not lose it. And put your head, forehead plant right into his chest and just let it all go. Just just weep all you need to weep. Laugh all you need to laugh. Find your security, your identity, your source of who you are and the one who gives you identity in this life. He is your Father. He is your Maker. He is our God. And He is good. He gives us the Spirit generously through Jesus Christ our Savior so that having been justified by His grace, don't ever lose track of that, you've been justified by His grace. That means, justified means, just as if I had never sinned. So when you are justified by his grace, that means God has cleaned the slate, and you now stand, positionally, you stand in the complete work of Christ, his righteousness. What is it called when you try to become righteous on your own? Self-righteousness. Everyone hates a self-righteous person. They walk around with their nose up in the air thinking that, everyone else stinks and they smell like roses something like that as the (laughs) saying goes but when we stand in the righteousness of Christ he credits he imparts, imputes his righteousness through the cross to you your bank account of righteousness is full you have full 110% complete righteousness in Christ so you really can't screw up too much You can screw up, but I mean, where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more, does that mean we should then therefore sin so that grace may abound? Paul says, by no means, don't be an idiot. That's the spirit of stupid. (laughs) You've, You've received the spirit of God in you and grace so that you could grow, so that you could become like Jesus. Not so that you can go back and be an idiot and sin all you want and cause all the non-believers in the world around you who are watching you think that Christians are nothing but hypocrites. Look at them. Look at them. Judging me for watching an R-rated movie and then they're talking like they are living one? I don't know. You give yourself all kinds of examples. We can become hypocrites. We can judge them. We can point to the splinter in their eye while we walk around with a whole telephone pole in our own eye and knocking everyone down around you. And they don't want anything to do with that, Jesus, that you're representing. Okay, so here we go. Justified by grace so that we might become heirs. Heirs. We might become heirs having the hope of eternal life. You and I right now, get to have the hope of eternal life we know jesus he died for our sins we know when we die like if i leave this place tonight and i get in a car wreck god forbid if if it's something that happens that takes my life i know i'm going to be with him i can try to wrestle with all the question marks but what but but what if i you know i'm not perfect enough i just let it all go i cast it all off and i hold on to the one who's holds my salvation secure in what he did. When he was on the cross, he said, it is finished. Debt paid in full. The Greek word or Aramaic word, or maybe it's Greek, on the cross was totelestai. That's probably the wrong pronunciation. But when he said it is finished, the real, the original word is totelestai, which can actually be translated debt paid. Debt paid. Complete payment and it can also mean bride that's the passion translation says it can actually be translated as bride <laughs> that's pretty powerful i mean if you're not i don't know if you're getting that are you getting it he died on the cross and his last breath he breathed out the word bride who's the bride you me men and women sorry guys Put on, your, put on your wedding dress. There's a wedding coming. And women, put on your army boots because you're a soldier in the army of Christ now. Okay, one last thing. This comes from the footnotes of the Hebrews uh, study that, we've, that we're doing, but I thought i got to just read this tonight before we jump into worship. So because our royal priest, Jesus, if you don't know who your royal priest is, it's Jesus, he gave his sacred blood for us. We now have unrestricted access to the holiest place of all with no veil and nothing hindering. So tonight, let's let nothing come between us and God as we prepare to worship. Let's just drop off all of the arguments in our minds. No veil, nothing hindering, nothing you have done. Just drop it all at his feet. Even now, as we're getting ready to finish this paragraph, Just just let it drop. Just lay it on the floor. Just as you are, come to him. Nothing hindering our intimacy with God. We can come with boldness to his mercy throne where we encounter enough grace to empower us through every difficulty. We find our true life in his presence. So why don't we stand? Because we're going to worship. Enough grace to empower us. See, a lot of Christians mess this up. They think, well, okay, thank God there's enough grace. But they think that the grace is there to cover their sin constantly. And so they just think, well, I can go ahead and go ahead and do this again. I can, you know, do that bad thing or whatever, the thing I know I shouldn't do, whatever that might be. I'm not going to start listing sins. Um, but, but grace is not a license to do whatever we want to do grace has actually been given to you from God to empower you and that mercy throne is open right now the blood of Jesus has, has made the way open so that the veil has been torn it's been removed there is now we're here on earth in the earthly dimension but in, in this earthly dimension we can actually step into the throne room and tonight that's what we're going to do so Tammy's going to pray us into it. You're going to walk us right into the presence oh of God, aren't you? Yes, I am.
1: Oh, Father, we just, we just long to be with you. God, we just want to be in your presence tonight. We want to lay our heads against your chest, Father. God, we just thank you. We thank you that we get to come before you and worship you and just be intimate with you. We just praise you. We thank you, Father.
0: thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, we just tuck ourselves in under your kingdom tonight, Lord, under your reign, under your dominion. any area of our lives tonight, God, we just bring it in. We tuck ourselves in, Lord. We want our lives to be hidden, hidden deep in you, Lord Jesus. Under your rule, under your reign, deep inside of your life, we want to be found in you. We just worship you, Jesus. If we do nothing else tonight but declare your lordship your rulership your government over our lives that you would you would take more territory inside of us let it just be between you and him right now guys invite him just speak it out Jesus come and conquer my heart conquer the rooms inside of my life every cavern, every nook and cranny, every part, over my health, over my well-being, over my future, over my dreams, over my sleep, over my thought life, over the things that I set my affection on. Come and conquer it all, Lord. I want you, Jesus, to be the, the number one affection of my heart has set my affections on you lord oh, only you satisfy only you satisfy nothing else will fill our hearts nothing else can compare to you we just break off that lie that we've been listening to that other things can actually satisfied that can comfort those are just false temporary comforts that don't even last and they leave us empty and wanting but you satisfy you come and you fill you quench our thirst wrap us up tonight in your in your arms lord wrap us up holy spirit would you come Surround us tonight in your grace. Surround us, Lord. Let your wraparound presence just squeeze in tonight. Pull us in. Lasso us in. Mm, Thank you, Lord. Mm, Thank you.
1: Tonight, I just felt like the Father is saying, just get lost in him how when you go underwater, you don't have to worry because he's the breath of life, and he just wants you to just let yourself sink into him, sink into his goodness. Let him cover you. Let him cover you. You don't have to be afraid, you don't have to be afraid of getting lost in Him. You don't have to be afraid of getting in over your head with Him. Yeah, there's safety, there's peace, there's comfort. We just thank you that we can, we can get lost in you. That you just envelop us. You surround us. You're a safe place, Father. Just let his water, his living water pour over you. Just thank you, Father. We just love being lost in the river of your love, Father. intimacy with you. Yeah, he just wants all your walls down.
0: want to rush, because I feel like God's just moving and doing a deep work right now. You know, sometimes there's more that he's doing that you can't even see, so don't write it off if you don't feel anything right now. I just feel like he's saying that he wants to, he wants you to take off a crown of shame and disappointment and discouragement. So just as a prophetic act, just remove off your head that crown of shame and disappointment and discouragement. Just just drop it right in front of you. And he wants to place upon your head. Actually, I, I feel like he's, he's putting it in your hands and he's saying, put your crown on. Put the crown of my kingdom over your head And so we just put that on tonight, Lord. We put on the crown of your dominion, of your kingdom. You know, it's said that the battle is between our ears. It's in our thinking. And so, Holy Spirit, we're inviting you tonight to come into our thinking. Just put your hand, if you can, put it on on your head and just, just pray over yourself. Lord, I invite you to come into my thinking, to come into the wiring of my mind, that you would renew, that you would, you would release that washing of rebirth, the washing of your word, of your truth, of your word, of your promises, that you would wash our minds, that you would brainwash. <laughs> come and wash our thinking tonight and renew the washing of rebirth and renewal in the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. So I feel like we can just move forward, unless I'm just going to put in an unless. Um, those of you in the room who who uh, are sharp and not I shouldn't say sharp I should just say who are comfortable in your prophetic. If you feel like you have a prophetic word for us as a body tonight, I'm just just pop your hand up and I'm going to give you the microphone and we're going to uh, just make room for you to drop in the seed. And then we're just gonna uh, sit on it for a minute and, and receive it and then we'll go forward so if you feel like you have something <clears throat> and after this course coming up everyone in this room will be <laughs> i, I want to real quick i want to say to you want to record these things because there's people that aren't here tonight that listen that want to hear what we say so this is for them too
3: I just wanted to say that uh, the father's love is in this place tonight and if you have anything that you need for him to do for you tonight just reach out because he loves us no matter what it is you know he, he will do it. He said, if you ask, it shall be done. And in Jesus' name, you have not because you ask not. And that means everything. You know, this is not a religious thing. This is, this is a relationship and an intimacy with our Father. And uh, t- to let you know how much he loves you. One day, he was, I was talking to him, and, and I said, Lord, He said, you know, the end from the beginning. I said, Lord, I would never want to know the end from the beginning. And then I saw his heart breaking. No, Father God's heart breaks because he knows the end from the beginning. And he knows who will leave him and turn away from him. And that breaks his heart. And so when it says that there'll be no more tears in heaven, our heavenly father will not cry anymore. His heart breaks every time someone rejects him. That's how much he loves us. And I didn't really know that about our father, you know. Our father is so wonderful. And I call him father, some call him papa, some call him daddy, but I call him father because my daddy is my daddy, you know, my natural dad. <laughs> so I always call him father. And, uh, and I started to cry because to know that intimately about our Father God, how much he loves us, that he even cries in his heart when he sees just one rejecting him. And he knows the end from the beginning. He knows everyone that will do that. I couldn't, I, I, can you imagine, can you just imagine that? And so he just showed me a little part because if he gave me any more, I would probably drop dead because of his mercy, his mercy and his love for for us. We belong to him. He doesn't want us to go astray. He's, He's there to help us through the way. No matter what you're going through, God is there for you. He said, I, I, see, I see your finances that needs to be brought up to par. He said, I will do that for you. Only ask. Only ask. Somebody here has, a, has some kind of financial difficulty right now. They're asking, they're asking God for help in this situation where man cannot help. You're, you're even thinking about selling something, you know. But the Lord says, No, you keep what you have. I gave that to you. But just only ask. And I will do it for you. Even the healing. There's eyes that need to be healed today, tonight. The Lord says, I heal you now. Receive it. Receive that. That healing in your eyes. There's a headache uh, right near the eyes. And the Lord says, receive your healing. And there's also somebody that, uh, that needs actually his love. And he says, I, You know, you've, you've been forgiven since I died on that cross. When you came and you asked me into your life, you know, don't beat yourself down because we are not perfect, but he is perfect. And don't fear. No fear, the Lord says, no fear. Perfect love casts out fear. And he is our perfect love. He loves us, and that's why we love him. He's perfect love. He just wants us to reach up and just take a hold of him and say, Jesus, I trust in you with all of my heart. He said, if you will look for him with all your heart, you will find me. He said, you will find me, like Barbara. All she did was call out. And he, and he came there, and she put, laid her head on his, on his chest. How wonderful is that? That's how wonderful our God is. And so he wants you to know that because you know why? Because if you don't know that, you really can't go forward. Because he said to trust in me with all of your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. He said, I will direct your path if you just lean on me call on me. Don't be afraid to call on me. It's not a weird thing to do that. It's a natural thing to do that. It's natural to call upon our our Lord. We can call upon him for anything. He said he is a help in that time of trouble. He said, I will not leave you. I will never forsake you. Just call upon me. Watch him work it. And then testify of his goodness and his grace when you come back. But whoever needs that healing and behind your eyes, the Lord said, I'll touch you now. Only reach out and trust in me. And there's many other things, but you know what it is. Just reach out and ask the Lord for for him to touch you.
0: That's how the prophetic works, guys. The heart of God is heard and is spoken out, and all we have to do is receive it. So let's just together, let's just receive. We receive it tonight. We receive the portion that you have for each one of us tonight. We say, "We I receive it." Just say it for yourself. I receive it. I receive it tonight, and I thank you, Lord. I thank you, God. Give you thanks and I give you praise. You're so good. You're so wonderful. Thank you, Lord. Bless your holy name. Hmm. Good, good, good. So good. Ah. Just breathe in his presence, guys. The Spirit of God is all around us. Even when you're not aware of it, he's he's always with you. He said he will never leave you or forsake you. Even if you go to the bottom of the ocean the Bible says there he's with you so you might as well imagine him with you right now <laughs> you're not imagining in a phony way you're not make believing imagination when the Holy Spirit is, is the influencer of your imagination it's actually opening up your thinking to reality <clears throat> think about kids they're so full of imagination, so creative. And then why we shut that down as as they grow up, we we just, no, 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 don't keep using your imagination. You know, got to grow up into the real world. Think like adults. And we, we lose that sense of awe and wonder of life and, and God, the impossible. When you're little, I can be anything. When you're an adult, you're like, I don't know, I'm getting kind of old. <laughs> I always remember Dr. Dibble. Dr. Dibble, I worked at the hospital. Dr. Dibble, he retired from the state patrol, and then he went back to school and became an anesthesiologist. I'm like, if that guy can do it after a full career in law enforcement, nobody has an excuse to not go back to school, unless you got a family you got to take care of. I feel like there's grace to walk through this. This chapter is not long, and if you guys can hold me to it tonight, <laughs> not Tammy's going to pinch my love handle. <laughs> all she wants, just grab a hold of it and just your rabbit trailing move forward. I think chapter one is what 14 verses or something. Someone could look in their Bible. I don't know. I think it's about 14. You guys, good. I think. I think we should feed on the bread of the word jesus is on every page of scripture he spoke the word he moved people along as they wrote down the scriptures every word of god is inspired by the holy spirit and the word of god transforms it changes our thinking it opens up our understanding of who god is and how he thinks about us what he has for us I think everything we sang tonight, I was thinking, God, are we going to have time to go into the scriptures? Because the songs fit the chapter, really. I'll show you. <laughs> this is kind of, we, we did cover this the first night when I did the whole preview of the book, just all of the footnotes. <clears throat> and I think by the time we got to the couple verses, the first paragraph, everyone was like, okay, he's just like pushing too fast. We're done. So we're gonna just read. We're gonna chew through chapter one, here we go. Throughout our history, God has spoken to our ancestors by his prophets in many ways. The revelation he gave them was only a fragment at a time, building one truth upon another. But in these, excuse me, I'm talking NIV, but in these last days. But to us living in these last days, God now speaks to us openly in the language of a son. The appointed heir of everything. For through him, God created the panorama of all things and all time. I want to comment and I'm not going to. Just soak in the truth. Let the word of God speak for itself. The son, Jesus is the dazzling radiance of god's splendor the exact expression of god's true nature his mirror image he holds the universe together and expands it by the mighty power of his spoken word selah just meditate on that for a second everything is held together by the power of his spoken word. Every atom of your body right now. He accomplished for us the complete cleansing of sins. Selah. Renew your mind with that truth. He has completed for us, accomplished for us, complete cleansing of sins. And then, took a seat on the highest throne at the right hand of the majestic one. Here we go. 14 verses. I guess I had it right there. That was the first four. We can do this, guys. If we can do four verses in five minutes, we can do this. Ten to go. (laughs) Okay. Well, I'm just like, I get nervous when I make a promise and then I don't fulfill my promise. So, here we go. This This is one of my favorite books of the Bible, you guys. Can you tell? Jesus is all about him. He is infinitely greater than angels. For he inherited a rank and a name. I highlighted that for a purpose because there's a footnote, and it really helped me understand this. He has inherited a rank and a name far greater than theirs. For God has never said to any angel what he said to Jesus you are my favored son, today I have fathered you. And this, I will be the father to him and he will be the son to me. So a lot of religious groups create theologies about who Jesus is, but we just read in the first four verses that he created all things, that all things were made by him and he holds The universe together by his spoken word and he himself is the exact expression and mirror image representation of the father right that means jesus for you and me he's perfect theology everything you need to know about god the father we see it in jesus study his life read the gospels look at jesus and everything he he represented that is the father the heart of the father in jesus so we know that he's not on the level of angels. Just like the a house that is built is not on the same level as the builder, right? The builder is the creator, and then you have the house, the created thing. Jesus is the creator. He is not a created being. He, I would say, he is uncreated. And he has a name that is far greater than any angel any other name given a, that can be named in all creation in all the universe so is it just a name like the name Jesus what does that mean so this footnote really helped me with the scripture this is should I say it like a Jew? Hashem <laughs> is that pretty good I like that? you should have brought a shofar I have a shofar I'll bring it next week it's a little one but it's, it still makes the same sound thanks mom <clears throat> this is Hashem. I keep doing that over and over. In the Aramaic, the common title for God. So he has received the name, the common title for God, the Hashem. This, this elevates the meaning of the passage much clearer than the Greek. So he's looking at the Greek and the Aramaic when he translated this in the Passion. For Jesus is now given the name. That is, he has the title of God spirit that is valuable important truth that you and i understand when we worship jesus we are worshiping god because no one else in all creation is worthy of worship and should receive worship except for god himself the father the lord jesus christ his son and holy spirit three persons three expressions one god perfect trinity i don't know if that helped you but i like hashem that's good we continue on in verse a little tiny number but it's verse 6 i believe and again when he when god brought his firstborn son into the world this is what he said let all my angels bow down before him and kiss him and worship wow if the angels are instructed to bow down and kiss him and worship How should our response to our Jesus be? Our God, our creator, our great high priest, the lover of our souls, our everything. We should just bow down and kiss him and worship. In fact, Psalm chapter 2 tells us, kiss the son unless he be angry with you. (laughs) Now You're not under his anger, you're under his grace. He's kind and patient. But to the rulers of this earth, he says, kiss the son before I deal with you in my wrath so I highlighted kiss him in worship because I thought well the footnotes for that are pretty awesome too what does that mean to kiss him do I pretend I'm seeing invisible Jesus right before me and kind of get down on the floor and look for the feet and well maybe they're right here I'll just kind of plant a little kiss on top of his foot hey if you're having an encounter like Barbara had you could just rest your head on his chest And just grab his arm and just kiss his arm. I don't know. What does that mean? Let's look at the notes. The Greek word. (laughs) see if I can pronounce my Greek words. The Greek word used for worship. When we come together in this place to worship Jesus. The Greek word for worship is proskuneo. I bet that's pretty close. Proskuneo. We'll look it up later. And play the Google version of it. Proskuneo includes three concepts ah see the words of the word of God when you look at the original words multidimensional English only goes so far for us but it actually means to bow to kiss to pay homage or worship all three are included here this seems to be referring to Christ's birth however some interpret this to be when Jesus was exalted and ascended into heaven So we know in the birth of Jesus, a few months from now, we're gonna be remembering the the story of the shepherds in the field and the angels came around the the stable where the baby was lying. You know, think of the nativity scene. Angel up on the top there. Glory to God in the highest. And then the angels bowed down and worship baby Jesus. But Jesus is being worshiped right now. If you read the book of Revelation, worship is happening 24 seven. Minions of angels myriads of angels are falling down in the presence of God worshiping him so we read that there we go we're going to get through this and about his angels so this is important we don't worship angels okay Jesus we worship he's not an angel but angels we don't worship but we don't write them off either It's foolish to worship angels. It's equally foolish to ignore them, as Bill Johnson likes to say. About his angels, he says, and this is a quote from the Old Testament in the New, I make my angels swift winds, and my ministers fiery flames. Ooh, I like that. I wouldn't mind the angels to come into this room and be released from the throne of heaven to do what they come to do as winds and flames of fire but we're not going to focus on them we're focusing on our king our God about the son about his son he called him God saying your throne O God endures forever and ever and you will rule your kingdom with justice and with righteousness for you have cherished righteousness and detested lawlessness for this reason God, your God, has anointed you and poured out the oil of bliss on you more than any of your friends. So we have two Psalms that are quoted in this New Testament book. I've said before, the the New Testament is in the Old Testament concealed. It's hidden in there, but you can find it. And the Old Testament is in the New Testament revealed, fulfilled. When anyone asks you, if God was real, why is there so much evil in the world? You don't have to give an answer for what only God can give an answer to. But you can say, he's just and he's righteous and he is good. We know that he is good and his love endures forever. And if he has cherished righteousness and detests lawlessness, I'm pretty confident he's going to deal with it. He is going to deal with it. It is, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. He is going to deal with it. You and I don't have to do it. He is big enough and more powerful than we could ever imagine. Again, about the Father speaking about Jesus. And he called him Lord. That word Lord, it's like master, ruler, governor, We invite the Lord to be Lord over us. He called him Lord saying, Lord, you formed the earth in the beginning and with your own hands, you crafted the cosmos. They will both one day disappear, but you will remain forever. They will all fade like a worn out garment. They will be changed like clothes. You will fold them up and put them away. But you are I am. You never change years without end. The interpreter, Mr. Simmons, is translating this verse differently than most translations that you would look at. You can read your your version of the Bible and see what the actual English translations say. They're all different, but very close. But you are I am. You never change years without end. Here's the footnote. As translated from the Aramaic, which is literally, you are as you are. This is a variation of the name of God revealed to Moses in Ezekiel. No, excuse me. Exodus 3.14. When God said, Moses asked God, who shall I say sent me? And God said, tell them, I am who I am. So this word, is a variation of that I am who I am. There is an obvious connection here to the, that incident and endorses the truth that the pre-incarnate Christ was the one who appeared in the burning bush. Jesus, before he became a baby, Jehovah's Witnesses will tell you, well, see he's the firstborn of all creation, because we read that. God said when he brought his firstborn into the world, let all my angels kiss him and worship. But he wasn't created. He was the firstborn of many sons and daughters. That is, he is the first to become a human being, to lead the way for the rest of us humans to become the sons and daughters of God. He was birthed into the world. So he's the firstborn and firstborn from the dead, first to rise from the dead, never to die again. So Jesus didn't just begin his existence as a baby in a manger. We call him the pre-incarnate Christ. Before God the Son became a human baby, he existed through all eternity with the Father and with the Holy Spirit. He's the creator, so he was there in the book of Genesis, creating and directing and speaking this existence that you and I know into being. And even in the burning bush, when God spoke to Moses through that bush, we can see that Jesus was, the pre-incarnate Jesus was speaking to Moses. Oftentimes the Old Testament will say, and the angel of the Lord. I'm not sure exactly why it's translated or why, why the words are the angel of the Lord, because we know he's not an angel, but he's often, God is often referred to as the angel of the Lord appeared in the Old Testament. We can get into that another day. Maybe we can study that. Let's move on. Quit rambling. No, I'm not rambling. Tammy said, don't say that. <laughs> Verse 13. We have, oh my gosh, this is it, guys. We made it. In what? 20 minutes, maybe. God has never said to this to any of his angels. Take your seat next to me at my right hand until I force your whispering enemies to be a rug under your feet. If they ask you, Why God allows so much evil, if he's real, you just remind them, tell them he's good, he's righteous, he's just, he will take care of things, and he is going to make every one of his enemies become a footstool for his feet. Justice will come. Justice will be served. What role, then, do the angels have? Okay, so we know Jesus is is above them. He's creator. He's God. He is the son of God. He is to be worshipped. He is to be kissed with worship bow down before him, lavish him with our love and our praise. What role then do the angels have? The angels are spirit messengers sent by God to serve those who are going to be saved. Did you know you have your own protective angels? That your coming to Christ and your protection and preservation over your life you can probably give thanks to that angel. I mean, not worship, but you know, just gonna say, hey, angel, thank you. Thanks for putting up with the crap. Did I say that? For the crap that I do. They put up with a lot. They put up with a lot, and the Holy Spirit who lives in us puts up with a lot. He's gracious. So angels are spirit messengers. One last footnote. Here we go. And we're gonna wrap it up. This is perfect. And we can eat cookies and drink milk. (laughs) The Aramaic can be translated, the angels are spirit winds of ministry sent to minister to those destined to receive salvation. The angels are glad to minister to us for they see us in Christ. So A lot of people freak out about angels. They're like, oh, you know, the new age is all about angels, and i got to talk to my higher power, uh, go into a deep meditative trance, and find my um, spirit guide. That is dangerous stuff. We can open ourselves up to spiritual forces of wickedness that are in the heavenly realm. They're out there. There are angels, and there are fallen angels. In fact, we know that when Satan... His name was actually Lucifer, was cast out of heaven. Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven to the earth. And when he was cast out of heaven and fell to the earth, he swept a third of the angels with him. There was a third of all the angels. Now, there are lots of angels in heaven. And there are lots of angels that God has released on the earth to help us and assist us. But there are also lots of spirits of darkness. I don't call them ghosts you might have a haunted house if you want me to help you with that I would gladly come over and cast that evil spirit out of that house because believe me that is not Aunt Mary that's not Uncle George okay it is appointed the scripture says it is appointed unto men and women to die once and then to judgment okay there is no lingering here on earth in the whatever they call it the transient if that's the case, this place is going to be full of a lot of dead ghosts of your family members. Now, that's not to say that in the process of leaving the body that your spirit, the spirit of a loved one, might linger in that room as the angels prepare to, to whisk them off, hopefully to heaven or to a place of waiting, the penalty box. Hopefully, not that, but, but other than that, Satan is a deceiver, and he masquerades himself as an angel of light. He is—he is the perfect author of masquerade. He can masquerade himself like someone that you know that has died. So I would encourage you and urge you never entertain and welcome a family ghost to come and be in the house, sit down in the chair. Talk to me. Let me grab this Ouija board here and you can tell me which letters to spell out what you're trying to say. Or let me hold a pen in my hand and move my hand until it writes out something. That's just, that's weird. That's evil, demonic, witchcraft. Yes. We don't, yeah. And the Bible talks about that stuff in the Old Testament that there are mediums, there are people like fortune tellers that do hear stuff from the realm of the dead. We don't know what they're hearing, if it's true or not, but God said don't do it. He, for, he forbade it in the Old Testament. He said that is detestable stuff. He is the one. If you have questions, go to him. Again, Barbara, as, as one who's got fresh encounters with God, he's speaking to her. He wants to speak to you. You can ask him anything and spend time with him. He will, he will tell you things just ask questions lots of times our prayer life it just consists of giving God our shopping list, our laundry list, God you know, heal this person, I need you to do this I want you to do that how about we just take time be still before the Lord and ask him questions Holy Spirit let's pray, let's close in prayer ask him a question like this I'll say I would say Holy Spirit, but I just this father theme tonight, father. So I'm gonna call him what I like to call him daddy, <laughs> daddy God, because I don't call my dad daddy. He's my dad. But 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 my Abba Father, Daddy God. What do you think of me? Just ask him yourself, what do you think of me? you're probably hearing things like I like how I made you I love you so much son I love you my daughter my beautiful one I gave the world to rescue you that's what you mean to me I've got your back I like your laugh I love it when you sing to me. I see you when you're weeping before me. You're not alone. So I'll be quiet and you just hear him for yourself. So let's just stand up. The music's playing, so that means we're done. You know, if you wanna uh, just, we'll linger here as long as you guys want. So you guys know we don't rush everyone out the door unless we're gonna fly off, but then someone else will rush out the door. <clears throat> we made it just plenty of time actually too. Last week was awesome. You know, we, we don't ever, ever, ever want to shut our meeting down without making room. If you just want prayer for, I'll go back to those original words God gave me tonight. Washing of rebirth. If you just feel like you want a fresh washing. You know, when we pray over people, sometimes we just wash. It's just the Holy Spirit's just coming in a washing. He just wants to wash over you, but he, he likes to do that through the hands, through the laying on of hands, through the agreement of spiritual family. So the washing of the Holy Spirit and the renewal, renewal, washing and renewal. If you just want a, another level of renewal in the Lord, let's just go for it. There is more. If you think you've arrived, better change your thinking because there's more. If you're Benny Hen and you're blowing on people and they're falling over, there's more for him too. Ethan's like Benny Hen. What's that? Is that a chicken or something? It's a chicken named Benny. So we'll open up the front here if you want prayer, and then we'll hang out as long as you guys want to hang out. All right. All right. And then if you see like four people up here and you're not needing prayer, come lay hands on. Because Tammy and I are not the only ministers in this room.